Blog Talk Radio. everyone and welcome to the Pet Place Radio Show. I'm Marie Hewitt and I'm so very happy you've tuned in to share your morning with us. As you know, we try to cover all animal topics on this program, but probably the most important is the topic of responsible pet ownership. For some reason, though, rabbit owners tend to really forget that having a bunny is a commitment that's supposed to last for the lifetime of the little critter, and sadly, these pets get dumped routinely at parks and other public locations. Long Beach City College is currently at a crisis level with the number of rabbits that have been dumped on campus. In just a moment, college rep and animal advocate Donna Prindle will be giving us the scoop on what's going on there and how you can help. Then a little later in our program, author Nick Sacco will release a few tidbits about his book, In Heaven, Kittens Play. So settle in and call your pets over while we get set for a brand new edition of the Pet Place Radio Show following a very quick station message here on AM 1260. Welcome back. You're listening to the Pet Place Radio Show on AM 1260. I'm Marie Hewitt, and I'd like to welcome Professor Donna Prindle from Long Beach City College to the show. Hi, Donna. How are you this morning? Great. Thanks for having me on. I understand that even though you're a professor at uh, Long Beach City College, that you've been involved in some animal activities there, too. Yes. It's a, it's amazing how where you find yourself sometimes in your life. <laughs> it's been been an amazing journey, I have to say. And and the little critters are rabbits and they are rabbits that are being dumped on campus. Yes, we for I've been teaching here for thirty years and we've always had rabbits on campus. They're all domesticated uh animals. People for some reason felt it was okay to drop their pets off here, especially after Easter we'd have a influx of rabbits oh. and um and you know they they don't survive very well out here because it's no, you know it's very territorial they're, they're pets they're, they, they're waiting for their people to come pick them up sometimes oh, it's really heartbreaking gosh, that's so terrible you know every year i remind everybody don't get one of those cute little baby bunnies at easter exactly. for your kids unless you're truly prepared to make it a member of your family for the lifetime of that for 10 years at least, yeah. And nobody listens because every year the cycle repeats itself. And I understand that last year you had over 300 rabbits running around on campus. Yes, it was growing. You know, it's, it, every 28 days we're having baby bunnies born. It just oh. was out of control. We were just They were everywhere. And, um, you know, just for some reason that point it just got to the point at 300 that our college was desperate to do something. Well, what have you guys been doing about it? What are some of the efforts that have been put forth to try and are there signs posted for one saying don't dump your bunny here? We we yes, we did a huge education of our neighborhood, put signs up, we involved our campus police in patrolling. So it has dramatically decreased. Oh, and that's we, good. It has really, really been effective. But to deal with the three hundred bunnies, we were really fortunate to be able to contact best friends in Utah and they gave us tremendous amount of resources and um 
happened to be a, a student of a graduate uh, from the University of uh, Western University School of Veterinary Medicine was interning there, and she heard about it, and she contacted the university, and we formed this partnership with them, and they showed up with a portable, like a motorhome to do surgeries, brought their students. We had a couple big spay-neuter days, and we wow. um, spay and neutered almost 100% of our rabbits. Oh, that's wonderful. Now, how are you able to capture all those bennies? I know that a lot of the benny rescue people I know have difficulty sometimes making sure they have all the bennies. And, of course, if you have a few that you miss, then yes. you it, have more bennies. It was, it was a process. I have to say there were probably only three of us that did this amazing enough. Wow. We would come early in the morning when they're out, and we, some of them would just jump in our laps because they were just very friendly. Aww. Other ones we'd use a pen and carrots and to kind of entice them, and then we'd enclose a pen around them, put them in a carrier, okay. and bring them back. We had a little rabbit center we set up but it was it was we called the labor of love to catch all of them i I, I lost 25 pounds in the process (laughs) chasing bunnies chasing bunnies it was a great workout for me (laughs) and um so we we and then we would tat we have a little tattoo we put in their ear after they had surgery so we could tell that they'd been um we also had a partnership with uh, Caroline Charlin at the Bunny Bunch uh, Rabbit Rescue. Oh, yes, we know her. And wonderful, came in and took care of all of our sick bunnies and helped us with, you know, because we had a lot that had some things going on. It just was, I had all these resources given to us. It was wonderful. Oh, that's fantastic. And I imagine that a lot of those bunnies, since they are domesticated and they're not used to living in the wild, really did have some pretty serious veterinary issues. Yes, we, you know, some of them had, you know, really bad skin problems. We had one was a, we actually still have her. We're hoping to get her adopted. She was this beautiful black Rex bunny that had was not using her one of her rear legs, and we picked her up and worked with Western University and had an X-ray done. She had a broken leg and a bone infection, and Aww. we gave her, you know, weeks and weeks of antibiotics. Ended up having to amputate her leg, uh-huh. and she is now. Healed beautifully, has a cute little boy partner jet, and just happy and waiting to be adopted. You know, just they're just safe. They're safe now. You know, she's not being chased on campus and just waiting to have someone take her home. Well, that's fantastic. But let me ask you this: I know that you're trying to get these guys into homes. After you had them spayed or neutered, did you put them into a kennel type facility, or are they still bouncing around on campus? We, you know, was, we did a little bit of everything. We returned some bunnies to campus. Um, we returned about 60, 70 bunnies back on campus. Mm-hmm. Um, we had some that we picked up. Uh, we have a, our athletic field area that, and areas that were being under construction that we couldn't return the bunnies to that area. So we okay. uh, chose to keep them, and we're, we've adopted over 200 bunnies off campus so far. Wow. And um, and there also we had our first roundup of bunnies. We you know we were we were not thinking we had 60 babies born by the time the vet showed up to do the surgery. Oh, so no. we had to find homes for 60 baby bunnies. So uh-huh. it just kind of exploded as we did the program. But you know the second time we did a roundup, we only had six babies born. So we knew we were on the right track. So oh, less that's babies wonderful. Were being born. And how about uh, new abandoned bunnies? Are you seeing more still being? Dropped off. It, I could say, has really dramatically dropped off, and um, you know, we we try to to um, our, as I said, our campus police are patrolling, and it's a five hundred dollar fine, and you can go to jail for abandoning your pet That's on right. campus. Mm-hmm. Um, but we we have people are much more aware, and like just this morning, I had a student call me that had seen a, a bunny, and we can tell there's so few on campus now, we can tell when they don't 
fit the breed, you know. And mm-hmm. so we picked up a little mini lop bunny this morning okay. and saved her, and hopefully we'll get her adopted. Um, okay. And I understand you have a big event coming up where you're going to try and get a lot more of these guys into homes. Can yes, you tell me about we, that? Yeah. On the 20th on Sunday, we're going to have an event from 1 to 4 at our Rabbit Center. We're um, kind of over by the soccer field. We, we'll have a map on our website. Um, uh, lbcc.edu, and we're going to hopefully get some of our bunnies adopted and find some good homes for them. Okay, and do you have any uh, photos of some of the available bunnies so that people can take a look and get an idea of what's available? We actually have a, a Facebook uh, website, it's, uh, Long Beach City College Rabbit Adoptions. Oh, cool. Click on that, and we have photos of almost, we don't have our last two bunnies, but we have photos of most of all of our bunnies up there that, and a little description about them. Wow, and and who is taking care of logging all of this? Is this all you? No, I have some wonderful volunteers. I, we have so many so support from community. It's Rita Storm is the person. She does the photos. I called her this morning. She ran and grabbed the bunny because I was in class. She went and got the bunny for me. She runs them to the vet for me and we have you know another woman melinda brinkley who comes just lives across the street from the college and joined us the very first day comes every day and works with me we have students that show up we have had you know student uh, groups like the um, campfire come in so we've had it's been a real community effort and, and it's interesting to have met so many wonderful people doing That's this program wonderful yes and if somebody wants to adopt a bunny, what's the process? If they come, uh, it was Sunday the 28th? Right. Okay. If they come on the 28th, what's the process? We we have a little um, application form we'll have them fill out just to kind of give us information about how they have things set up. We want to make sure it's a good fit for the person and the rabbit. Okay. And make sure they understand what's involved, um, you know, taking care of um, of a rabbit, um, it's, you know, they got to make sure they have their place ready to go. Okay. And we have some handouts we give them on, you know, food and recommended, you know, uh, housing for them, and that's the process we go through. And we'll just talk okay. to them about what's going on. Okay. So, so you give them some advice too. You don't just set them out, you know, Absolutely. and say, "Give it a try and see what happens." Yeah. No. We, <laughs> that's how people. We end up having them on campus. I think that's people just right. go that's buy right. a rabbit and they don't know what's involved. So, so you tell them how to bunny proof uh, a room in the house to make yes. sure there's no exposed wires and right. talk about how they always have to chew on things because their teeth are always growing. So yeah, and about you know you need to trim their nails and mm-hmm. you know just what's important about their diet and just you know so that the the rabbit will be healthy and that they'll um, be happy with. And do you hope to eventually have all of the animals placed in homes, or do you plan on always having a few running around campus? Um, you know, we we're just kind of let nature take its course. You know, mm-hmm. we've we've returned, like I said, a, a percent of the rabbits out there. Um, I like to say we've returned kind of the cycle of nature back to campus. You uh-huh. know, it's it's not a safe place for them, but. Um, some of them were born here, and they're happy to run around on campus. Okay. And, um, you know, I don't know if we'll ever catch every single rabbit. I mean, we just had eight born um, last week. We found eight. They're four weeks old now that we have gathered up, and we're going to hopefully get them adopted, too. Aww. So, you know, as long as we can keep on top of it, we're going to try and do that. And okay. we just don't want to get where we have 300 again. What's been your favorite success story or adoption story so far while you've been involved with this? Let's see. Oh, we had, well, this is interesting. We had a, a buddy, I caught her by my office, and she was a small bunny, and every day I walk in, she kept growing and growing. Besides, she's part Flemish giant. Pretty oh, soon we wow. had, had to put in this big pen, and 
she was the sweetest, sweetest bunny, and um, we couldn't. She was such a big bunny; it was hard to find someone to adopt her. So oh. we finally got in contact with this great uh, rescue in Colorado. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called Dream Power, and they took 15 of our bunnies. And I just found out that her name is Angel. She just got adopted by a girl who's been wanting a bunny for many, many years. So oh, I was so, so happy sweet. that she is now in a loving home. Happy and, uh, ending. That's happy good. ending. And believe it or not, my my volunteers drove the bunnies to Best Friends for us, and then in Utah. Yes, and Best Friends drove them to Colorado for us. So we we have so much help. It's just we couldn't wow. do it without the people helping us. Well, it sounds like the community is really behind you. How about the uh, faculty and the students? Yeah, we we talk about was the most successful. We have a, a task force, and it was the first time we think that we've combined every aspect of the college and done something together. Mm-hmm. You know, it's usually we we don't have the same you know um, same agenda, but we've had you know we had a committee of our administration, faculty, staff, grounds, campus police, students, and we all worked on this project together and had this great outcome. So we're. We're very excited that we're able to do that. That is so wonderful. Donna, you really have your hands full, and I hope that the public rallies around you and comes to your event and gets these guys adopted. So keep me posted on the progress, and thanks for being on the show today. Thanks for having me. We need to take a quick station break now, but don't go away. We'll be right back on the Pet Place Radio Show here on AM 1260. You are listening to the Pet Place Radio Show on AM 1260. I'm Marie Hewlett, and it is my pleasure to introduce author Nick Sacco to the show. Welcome, Nick. Well, thank you, Marie. I'm so happy to be here with you. Well, I understand that you're involved in animal rescue, and we try and get as many of animal rescue people on the show as possible. And I'm wondering, how did that all start in your life? Well, it started, um, well, it goes back many years. I was always a pet lover as a kid. Our family uh, was, were big, you know, uh, cat and dog people. Uh, but then back in the uh, 80s, I got involved in animal rescue back in Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, originally started with an organization called uh, Kansas City Siamese Rescue. Uh-huh. And uh, I had the opportunity to uh, deal with cats and dogs and specialty breeds for many years. Oh, that sounds fun. And do you have any pets now? Oh, my, yes, we've got uh, (laughs) (laughs) We have three dogs. We have a Cocker. We have a Great Dane. We have a German Shepherd. Mm -hmm. Uh, Every pet is a rescue, by the way. I was wondering about that. And Mm -hmm. then we have uh, four cats, and we have two Seal Point Siamese, and we have Two new kittens we just adopted from our local Western Arizona Humane Society. We have an all-black little girl uh, named Penelope and her brother, <laughs> a little tiger-striped cabby by the name of Puma. Ah, I had, my very first cat's name was Puma. She was a little Burmese cat, and she was my absolute best friend. I used to dress her up in doll clothes and push her around in a doll stroller, and she hated that, <laughs> but she put <laughs> yeah. up with it, and she'd just give me this. You know, look of death, like I will get you someday. <laughs> when you're sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> They're great. Yeah. That's just wonderful. They sure are. And they have inspired you to write a book called In Heaven, Kittens 
play. That's right. Can you give away any of the secrets, or are you wanting the listeners to read it? Well, uh, I, it was the book came about. You know, I was it was very involved in rescue, and, and you know, it's so hard uh, to lose a pet, even a, a pet that you're fostering. It and um, it happens, though. And I was just, I guess, blessed to um, kind of had a have a visitation that. Um, of where our pets go when they die, who waits for them. And, and it's a very uh, uh, inspiring, a very comforting book for anyone that has ever lost a pet. Wow. And I know uh, when I read it and when my daughter read it, we were we were both crying our eyes out. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I, I have people who come up to me like at a book signing. They'll say, is this book going to make me cry? And I'll have to tell, tell them, well... Probably so. But you had some really positive things in it, and you introduced a character called the Blue Angel. Mm -hmm. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about this very special character? Well, uh, many years ago, when this all started, is we had a litter of kittens. Um, they come in the rescue, and they were sick when they came in. The mother had died very quickly. The siblings. Uh, passed away, and they had this one little kitten that was left, and and uh, I was just determined that I, we knew it wasn't going to make it. It was struggling to, uh, to live, and I knew it wasn't going to make it, and I didn't want it to be alone, so I had laid down with the kitten snuggled up in my arms and had a very angelic vision uh, from the what I, we've come to call the Blue Angel, uh, mm -hmm. and she is an angel who... Um, oversees a special garden where pets go when they die. Um, and, and she's one of a multitude of angels who uh, have their, each has their own garden, each has their own pets. And they uh, pretty much, they, they love and care for them until we pass over and join our pets on the other side. Wow. And then uh, for all of us who are our pet lovers, can we have the opportunity to become uh, angels who care for these little lost uh, pet souls? We very, very much can. And in fact, one of the first things that uh, the Blue Angel uh, said was that she was a caretaker of the garden by her own uh, desire, her own um, uh, wanting to do that. So yes, we can. If that's, if that's the, the content of our heart when we pass on, is to watch over our own garden, that, that that's what it will be. Wow, that is really sweet. And I know that in your book you have a lot of stories about a lot of little animals that came and went in your life. Mm -hmm. Is there one story you feel that is the most important that you think our listeners would enjoy hearing about? I think it's probably Thomas O'Malley. <laughs> um Thomas was, um, a, he was just a huge, beautiful cat, um, a, a lover, and, and, he, and he got sick. He failed, and, um, uh, you know, my, my late wife uh, was such the rescue person, and she uh, did everything she could uh, to save him, and then he just continued to fail, and it, and it got to where he was so bad. He was so skinny, and he was sick, and... Uh, it was just a horrible scene, have you, having known how healthy he had been. Mm -hmm. And um, and I had a visitation from the Blue Angel, and she had Thomas O'Malley 
uh, in her arms, and he was he was very dead. He was just very horrible, horrible. And uh, and there was actually a, a transformation as I as I watched. Uh, he went from being this sick skeleton uh, 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 body to this beautiful reborn creature again. I think that's one of the most um, uh, inspiring stories in the book uh, of In Heaven, Kittens Play. That's very cool. That's It's good to think, you know. It's, it's very hard when you have a pet and you see it go from a thriving young adult, watch it go through all of its life, and then see it start to fail at the end. To have that promise of hope that even though there's the suffering that's going on near the end, things are made better again later in heaven. And, exactly. And that's really inspiring. And I, I think that would help a lot of people who are going through that point in their own lives with pets who are advancing in age and getting ready to check out, basically, to know that there's something better that awaits. And, and I think that's that's a very, very nice message to put out in your book. And I I find it fascinating that you were a police officer and you have such a sensitive side to you because I don't normally equate police officers with having this type of sensitivity. How do you explain that? Uh, you know, I don't know. I have people ask me that all the time. I used to all the time I'd get in trouble because I'd be on patrol um, and, uh, you know, the animal control people, they weren't on uh, like at night or in the middle of the night, and there were so many times that I'd be doing my shift with some stray dog sitting in the seat next to me that I picked <laughs> up, and, and my sergeant would like, "Baby, what are you doing with another dog in your car?" And I'd say, "I'm waiting for animal control to come on." Oh <laughs> yeah. boy! <laughs> well, you know, I was an animal control officer for many years, oh. and and I have to tell you, it is interesting. Uh, I knew all the police officers throughout Orange County here in Southern California because I worked for county animal control, so we interacted with all the different police departments. And they were always real friendly to me and always really nice, um, but they were very hardened towards people in general. That was just my perspective. I could be wrong about that. But it was very interesting. Whenever we responded to calls together, like animal abuse or car accidents where both people and animals were injured, they would all get extremely broken up over the animals. (laughs) And I'd be struggling over the human part of it. (laughs) So it was an interesting uh, difference. That that I noticed as I was working, but but they all seem to be huge animal lovers, and and uh, boy, if there was ever an animal abuse case that I needed help with, they were right on it to help me out, and and that was always very impressive. I think a lot of that is as policemen, you know, we're there to protect those that can't protect themselves, mm-hmm. and we always look at animals as being so innocent that. Yeah, like you say, we're there. We're going to take care of the animal, and if there's a bad guy involved, he's going to jail. (laughs) That is for sure. You know, I only have you for about another minute or so, Mm -hmm. so let's tell everybody if they would like to read the book In Heaven Kittens Play, Mm -hmm. where is it available? All right, easiest is just to go to my website, and it's www.winacat.com, W-I-N-A-C-A-T.com. 
and you're going to see the option there to uh, to not to read about the book, find out about the book, and then order a copy. Okay. And um, is it available in bookstores at all, or it is, only it's, it's available in uh, most of the major bookstores, and you can also get it at Amazon.com. Okay. And you know what? I'm gonna. Um, I realized there was one more character that I wanted to talk about, and and I think we can squeeze in a little bit of time here. Who is Maggie? Oh, Maggie. Maggie. <laughs> Maggie was a little one-eyed cat that. Um, she was my my closest cat. She, um, I was going through a really bad health situation, a near death kind of situation, and she came in the rescue in a near death situation, and um, pretty much uh, we convalesced together for a long time, and uh, we just established the closest bond of, of uh, a human and pet that you'd ever want. Wow, so this is something that you definitely want to read about and all the other stories that are in this book. Uh, my daughter, who's 13, uh, she's my youngest daughter, said it was a wonderful book. She would recommend it to everybody. She stayed up, Nick, until the wee hours of the morning to finish it on the same day that she started. You know, she's sweet. What a, what a wonderful and, and she said, you know, it was an excellent story, and she wanted me to be sure and pass that on to you. And and I have to agree, it's a it's a beautiful book, and it's perfect for all readers, young and old. And I really, really appreciate you taking the time to chat with us about it this morning. And I really appreciate you having me on, and thank you so much. Well, you are certainly welcome, and we need to take one last break now, but we'll be back in just a bit with Pet Place News and Events. So please stay tuned to the Pet Place Radio Show here on AM 1260. We're back on the Pet Place Radio Show. I'm Marie Hewlett, and it's time for Pet Place News and Events. Mark your calendars for the Southern California Animal Response Team's 6th Annual Pet Fair in the Park to be held at Marine Stadium in Long Beach on August 21st from 9.30 a.m. to 3 p.m. Admission is free to the public, and you've heard all the details a few weeks ago from our guest, Susan Keyes, but just a reminder, this pet fair will include a Best Disaster Ready Dog Contest, low-cost pet microchipping and vaccines, disaster preparedness information, pet products, and information on pet adoptions from local shelters and rescues who will be attending along with their adoptable critters who will try to win you over. It's going to be a great day at the harbor, but be sure and wear your sunscreen. That's all for me today. Remember, pets need love and a home, too. We'll be back next weekend here on AM 1260. I'm Marie Hewlett. Please spare new to your pets and have a wonderful day.